For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker and we appreciate you joining us today on the show. We're going to get into the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the last week. We're going to get into our main topic discussing the Titans not likely to re-sign Derrick Henry to a long-term deal before the franchise tag deadline. But before we get started, I want to ask, do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available in all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and on social media networks at Believe Podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, just please contact Believe at Believe.com and they will get you all set up. And with that said, we'll go ahead and jump right in. Number three on the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the last week. Paul Kuharski reported that he had talked with general manager John Robinson. And John Robinson said that the Titans could consider another veteran who might be able to help Tennessee out at a position of potential need. And that is former New England kicker Stephen Goskowski. Goskowski is fifth all-time in field goal percentage. You know, there towards the end of the season, Greg Joseph helped the Titans down the stretch. Really didn't have that many opportunities, but that is a potential spot. The Titans could be looking to add some competition during training camp. Number two on the list and our main story, Adam Schefter first put this out there that it does not look as though the Titans and Derrick Henry will be reaching a long-term agreement prior to the July 15th deadline to sign franchise tag players. But Derek has signed his franchise tag already, and it does not look as though he is planning on sitting out in hopes of a bigger contract. So that is good to go, and we'll discuss what that could mean more here in a bit. But number one, I do have some cloudy news. This hit right after we had recorded last week, but something I definitely was glad to see as it relates to Clowny Watch. Now... Paul Kuharski also had the scoop on this one after talking with general manager John Robinson. Essentially, the Titans have not been able and still cannot bring Clowney to Nashville for a physical that would put them in a position to evaluate his recovery from offseason core surgery and allow them to move forward with an attempt to sign the linebacker. So, kind of goes back to what I have been saying. It's one of those things they want to bring him in for a physical. They have yet to have that opportunity. And that is why it has been one of those things where you haven't really seen much progress take place. I know whenever it comes to some of these teams we've mentioned, the Browns restructured defensive end Olivier Vernon's contract. So it looks as though they are out of the clowny sweepstakes. But that leaves still a slim chance that he returns to Seattle. And it looks as though the Las Vegas Raiders and the Titans are still the teams vying for Jadavion Clowney to come to their franchise. So that is the Clowney update. 
And that's the three things you know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. And with that said, we'll go ahead and discuss what it means for the Titans and Derrick Henry moving forward now that they have, we can assume, not been able to reach an agreement before the deadline kicks in. Denard, I hope you're having a great week, man. How's it going? It's great, man. I can't, I'm telling you, having a great time yourself. Everything's all good back here in Tennessee. And I'm really interested to talk about today's main subject because we've, we've discussed it before. And I just go ahead, full disclosure, we are recording on July 14th, Tuesday night. The deadline for the franchise tag deadline is tomorrow, but it does not look as though the Titans and star running back Derrick Henry are going to reach a long-term deal before that deadline passes. And so Derrick Henry is, he's already signed his franchise tag, which is great, but it does not look as though the team and him will be coming to a long-term deal between uh, now and really the next 24 hours. So with that being the case, Derrick Henry will be a free agent after this coming season. That has got a lot of fans wondering, what do the Titans do at the running back position? And so that is something we will discuss for today. So, Denard, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and real quickly right now, Derrick Henry, as far as cash value for 2020 on the franchise tag, he's going to make $10.5 million from a cap hit spot. He will be a $10.278 million cap hit, which has him fourth among running backs in the NFL, which obviously if you watched last year, Derrick Henry definitely a top three running back in the NFL, so just slightly outside of that from a, a cap hit standpoint, not too far from behind Zeke Elliott, who is in third with the Cowboys at a 10.9 cap hit. Fortunately, Derrick is under contract for this year. He said he's plan he plans on playing. What are your thoughts on the Titans and Derrick Henry not coming to a long-term deal before the deadline, Denard? Well, I know from a fan's perspective, it might be a little disappointing, but again, you have him locked up for the 2020 season. You've already franchise tagged him, so he's going to make some good money this year. And right now what you do is just let him play this out because there's a lot of well-known free agents. I mean, well, guys that are going into free agency last year that uh, hasn't signed a long-term deal. You think about Dak Prescott in Dallas. They franchised him. You think about Brandon Sheff at Washington Guard, who's one of the top players, top guards in the league. You talk about Hunter Henry, who's probably, to me, arguably the best tight end in the game right now. And then you look at Leonard Williams for the Giants defense alignment, big boy who can actually play. These are all guys right now that are equivalent at their position the way Derek is at running back. So right now there's been a lot of big time free agents. Well, not free agents, but guys that haven't signed a long term contract extension. So I don't think this is something to panic right now. It's not the first time that this happened, especially with the running back. He's 26 years old. So the Titans are sitting back saying right now, listen, let's wait a while. You know, we've already paid our quarterback, so we got him locked up for the 2020 season. He's going to make $62 million over the next four years. Not bad. Montana Hill, congratulations. But again, it's not something right now I think Titan fans, they need to stress about. Yeah, it's definitely something that the team will continue to, to talk with Derrick Henry in his camp uh, after next year. I am curious. I don't know if this will eventually come out, but Really, at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's all about the bottom dollar, and I honestly have no idea what Derrick Henry's camp has been saying. This is what we should pay Derrick Henry. Another thing that could be a big factor for where John Robinson decided not to sign Derrick Henry is how many years of a deal that Derrick Henry and his representation were wanting because, I mean, we've talked about it. When you're, you're dealing with running backs, 
their shelf life is not long. And obviously you want to try to get as long of a contract as possible and obviously as much money as possible. But if it's one of those things where the sides were just too far apart, then obviously you're not going to have anything come together and the team reach an agreement. Denard, the, the main thing that I, I didn't really pay too much attention to until I, I kind of, I saw that, all right, Derek and the team are not going to reach this agreement in time. So I'm like, okay, well, what happens if Derek Henry does hit the free agent market? Will he have a big market? Because, I mean, this year when you're looking at running backs to really go the free agent route, you didn't have that many big names. It was a very, very light year in terms of some big-name running backs who were looking to sign and get big-time deals. That is not the case at all for next year. For next season, when you want to talk about the running back class, and again, some of these guys might re-sign with their current team, but as far as free agents for 2021, Phil Yates tweeted out earlier today, you have Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Matt Breida, Philip Lindsay, Kareem Hunt, James White, Tariq Cohen, Marlon Mack, and I think he ran out of characters because there's still some more names he could get to. Right. So with that said, obviously there's a lot more supply than there is demand. That can't but help benefit the Titans in the long run, right? Yes and no. The biggest question mark would be what is the progress of Darrington Evans? You know, you've got to take that in consideration as well. Because if he goes out there this year and lights it up, it's the same thing with what was going on in New Orleans. They had Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. So Alvin just came out of nowhere and just blew up. And then next thing you know, Mark Ingram is now in Baltimore. <laughs> it's, now Alvin's the man. <laughs> Alvin is. what, And this is just a, a side note, not Titans related, but as someone who went to school with Alvin, you could just tell. Like I have never seen a player more underutilized and it, honestly was criminally negligent by Butch Jones to not get AK out on the field more. And so he obviously did not have that many touches by the time he got to the NFL. And so when he blew up, it surprised the league. Didn't surprise yeah. anyone back here in Knoxville. Well, we see that all the time. Some got, Sometimes guys are devalued uh, in college, and then all of a sudden they get to the pros, and you're kind of like, what in the world? What, what, what did he do at Tennessee? You know, what happened to Tom Brady at Michigan? You look at a guy like Joe Burrow, you know, it's like all of a sudden he had one of the greatest college seasons among any quarterback that's ever played the game. But the question is, he was a backup at Ohio State. What happened? You never know. That's why I always tell people sometimes the grass is not always greener on the other side. Yep. You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes people talk about coaching is overrated. No, it's not. Coaching can actually help you. It can make you or break you. So if you're the Titans right now, I say with Derek, listen, what can happen going in 2021 is they can actually tag him again. That's you know? true. But the good thing about Derek is if they do tag me again, guess what? I know that I'm going to make a little bit more money, so I'm going to get paid. Yep. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest concern right now among guys is basically what is my value? They're basically telling you right now you're fourth. You look at the guys that are in front of you, Christian McCaffrey, they got him locked up. You talk about Ezekiel Elliott. You talk about Le'Veon Bell. And then you talk about David Johnson. All these guys are making between 13 and $16 million. And obviously, so make, yeah, David Johnson, he, he's not been doing much lately, but when he got right. that contract, it was, it was on the back end. But you saw that he's not worth that money now. And so well, it's, you don't want to be in that situation. The question, well, he was. That was the key. David Johnson, a few years before, before he started getting hurt, again, he was the, probably the top guy in the league. But again, 
You started having all of those injuries. I go back to it's the same thing when I played in the old days. The Titans did almost the, the same exact thing that they're doing now with Eddie George. You know, they waited till after that fourth year, basically to see, okay, what are we going to get with a guy that's basically turning, what, 26, 27 years old? Yep. Do we lock him up to a long-term deal? But three years later, what happened? Eddie's out the, you know, he's out of pretty much, he's back, he's in Dallas. So it actually happens. Unfortunately, with the running back position, we know those guys, by the time they reach 29, they're old in NFL terms. Mm -hmm. So their value goes down. It's like a car. You can go get a Ferrari, a brand new one, right when you drive it off the lot, boom, the value goes down. That's like a running back. Unfortunately, that's the way they look at guys at certain positions. You just locked up your quarterback who's going to what, 31 years old. You just gave him, what, $118 million. Again, the quarterback position is always the top position. It holds precedent over every other position in the game. Running back-wise, you know what? A lot of mentality from GMs, I can always go out and go get another guy. You look at Denver. They had Terrell Davis. They signed him to a long-term deal. What happened? He gets hurt the next year. What happened? They end up bringing in guys like Michael Anderson, uh, Orlando's Gary, uh, Clinton Porter. So their thing was, hey, is it the system or is it the player? That is the, that's the unfortunate thing about playing this game is that there's certain positions that are not valued as others. We know that. That's just the way it works. That's the business of the game. So, again, if you're Derek, if you're Tennessee Titans fans, listen, he goes out there, you know, if I'm the general manager right now, and I said, listen, if he put together another campaign like he did last year, I'm going to work on something to get the big man some money. I'm going to work on something that when he finishes playing his career at Tennessee, he never has to work at another, never work another job again. That's the way they're looking at it. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. You got to work hard at a certain position to get money. You know, it's just it's just tough. It's a tough market, especially with this pandemic. We don't know what's going to happen next year. You know, there's a lot of key free agents. I mean, right now, everything is is it's just up in air right mm -hmm. now. But the one thing that you do know is I got it. I got the big man for one more year. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's one of those things with you just mentioned the pandemic and I got two points, the pandemic. Then I'm going to go to Le'Veon Bell. But with the pandemic, there is a chance that if if things continue to get worse, they don't have an NFL season that could really hurt the NFL in the long term from a sponsorship deal to where you see the salary cap actually decrease. And if you were to sign Derrick Henry to a, a good-sized deal right now, and that salary cap does not continue to increase at the rate you would expect, where his cap is taking up a huge impact. We have talked on the show, we talked about sharp football and the imbalances between the cap hits for quarterbacks and running backs and what that can mean for a team whenever you're trying to win games in the playoff. And so if you, you give him too much, and, and obviously right now if pandemic does happen to impact the season in a way that we're hoping it doesn't, that's something that John Robinson's looking at right now. He's like, man, I can't afford to do that for a running back. Like that, that could be my job if I make such a bad mistake on that end. Because as a Titans fan, we I mean, we've seen where you pay running backs after the fact, and they're not as productive. Which obviously with Chris Johnson, it's hard to be as productive when you have a two thousand yard season. But it's still, like those teams, you didn't have as much money to go out and get other guys because you had so much tied up in Chris Johnson and on Le'Veon Bell. I mean, like you said, Denard, he got the franchise tag twice now. He did not play on it the second time, and he sat out, and we saw that he lost a lot of money by doing that. But, I mean, he did so well in, I guess, what would have been the 2017 season that he didn't play on it in 2018, but he would have made $14.5 million for that one year just if he would have played on it. But, obviously, he said, you know what? I want to make sure I got the long-term guarantees. And so he ultimately opted out of playing that year. 
but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And so obviously when you just look at it from a very close up view, you're like, Derrick Henry's one of the top backs in the league. Why do we not just go ahead and pay him? And it's like, there's all these other factors outside of it. And if you're, you're John Robinson and you go back and you look at all the free agents that are set to hit the market next year, that is going to be something that's possibly going to even be able to lower Derek's amount. And it's one of those things like, man, like it, it sucks because Derek does a lot for you and he might not necessarily end up making what he's actually worth in the long run. But if you're John Robinson, you got to look at it from a whole standpoint of, I got to do what's best for the team. And if I can, if that's what the market sets his, his rate at, so be it. You know, there's, I once heard a mentor and a friend and a guy that I played with at Denver, who I emulated, who taught me a lot was Eric Davis, you know, long, I played a long time for the 49ers. Uh, one of the best underrated corners in the league played for about 13 years in this game, put in a lot of work, great player. And I learned a lot, even on the business side, by listening and talking to Eric and picking his brain, just, just what was he thinking? How did, why did he do this? Eric once made a comment. He says, listen, the reason that there's a draft every year is to bring in guys to replace you. And I thought about that. That's why they have a draft every year. Every year there's a draft. And in that draft, there's a guy at each position that a club basically will look at and say, hey, he's good enough to play here. And unfortunately, when you are a free agent or you're a guy, how many, to, let's, let's take Khalil Mack, for instance. Do you think that Oakland, even though they traded away arguably their best player, a guy, an individual that was, at least in my opinion, is, how, is having a Hall of Fame career? Yeah, does it set you back a little bit? Yes. But do you risk signing a, man, a guy to a $150 million contract, but then you hurt the other positions and you hurt paying other players? The question is, is do you throw the bank at one guy and basically risk? Uh, hurting other people that might need to, that might want to get paid something. Unfortunately, people have to go. I was a part of what you call us, uh, is call it, I call it a cap casualty. And that happened to me at Denver. You know, they had to free up a lot of cap space in order to bring in Jake Plummer. Unfortunately, there was about three guys that were making a lot of money that had to go. Brian Greasy, Denard Walker, and I think there was one other guy. I don't know where he ended up uh, going. I forgot who that was, but unfortunately, that's what you have to do. That's the nature of the business. And unfortunately, Denver did something back in 2001. They ended up paying about eight or nine guys, a whole lot of money, but then it came back and haunted them at the end. So that's what you don't want if you're John Robinson. You already got your quarterback locked up. You got your running back locked up for 2020. They're still working on a long-term deal. Long-term deal in the NFL is basically a three-year contract. And that's not long. That's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. So if you're the big man, if you dare, you sit back saying, okay, yeah, they can tag me, but again, I'm going to make 10 million. They can tag me next year. That's not something that I'm anticipating, but it can happen. Yeah. So if they do, you still know that you're going to make another, what, somewhere 10, between 10 and 15 million, depending on whatever it is that they're paying at that position at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just uh, something else to keep in mind, if you're looking at positions that skill set wise are more readily easy, easy to replace running backs up there. Yeah. And right now you've seen the Titans have invested in a really good offensive line. I mean, you saw what they did with, they went and spent their first round pick on Isaiah Wilson this year. Now, obviously he might not be starting right away, but you've got a, one of the best left tackles in the league in Taylor Lewan. You spent money on Roger Saffold to bring him in to shore up that left side. And so as you've continued to build this offensive line and make it 
I would definitely argue, a top five offensive line in the NFL right now. You might not be able to get somebody to come in and do what Derrick Henry does, but you'd be able to get somebody to come in and still be a formidable back in the NFL running behind that offensive line. And so that's another factor that John Robinson's having to take into account. He's like, man, well, okay, I might be – I might be losing Derek in the long run, even though I want to keep him. But if it means I can go out and I can get a elite pass rusher on a long-term deal to help sure up on the defensive side of the ball, I think that's worth it to maybe take a little bit of a step back at the running back position. Again, like you mentioned with Darrington Evans, and you're just talking like we drafted him this year. But I mean, I, I was reading articles earlier about how they expect 2021 to be the year of the running back. Whenever you're looking at the depth in that that class, so when you got guys like Travis Etienne. Trey Sermon, Kenny Gainwell, that, that's a guy out of Memphis who I'm telling people to yeah. definitely keep an eye on. Chubba Hubbard, I mean, there's there's just so many different guys that could possibly be coming out next year that could step right in and, and help a team out. So that's just another thing to keep an eye on that's going to mess with the, the market. Najee Harris, another Alabama guy like that, is yeah. a big, powerful back. There, there are going to be options, and so it's going to be one of those things where at the end of the day you're talking with Derek's camp and you're like, guys like we want to keep you and i understand you want to get your money but how important is winning we, we've kind of talked about that to these these players and sometimes they just want to go ahead and get that money on their their really their last big opportunity to make a long time contract and so if, if Derek opts to do that i don't necessarily think you're going to see john robinson pay too much to keep him and again whenever you look at where john robinson comes from he comes from that bill belichick system and if there's one position bill belichick is not overpaying it is the running back position. Let me say this right here. Who's the starting running back for the New England Patriots? I guess Sony Michelle would technically Sony, be their starter. Technically. Yeah. But sometimes it can be maybe uh, James White. James White. Maybe Rex Burkhead. Yep. What about uh, Damian Harris out of Alabama? Remember, they drafted him. So, he, yeah, he'll have an opportunity this he'll year. He'll have an opportunity, too. How many? That was, what, four guys? That four I guys. Just, uh... Running back by committee. <laughs> There you go. Thank you very much. Running back by committee. And yet, every year, who's in the playoffs? New England. Every year, who's usually playing in the Super Bowl? New England. And half of the times, we can't even mention who's that running back. You know who the quarterback is. You know they got a really great, solid offensive line. But you don't know who's back there. You don't know who. I'm Denard, I'm honestly trying to think of the last big-name running back to win a Super Bowl. You'll be thinking all day long because, like, I can't. Like, I could be wrong on this. I, I remember seeing something, but they were taking from a salary cap situation the running back in the last decade that took up the biggest part of a, a that had the biggest cap hit. I want to say it was like Legarrette Blunt one year with the Patriots, and it was right. maybe at like three million, which is not a lot. Nope. Do you, it's like there's a blueprint that John Robinson he's going to have to follow unfortunately with this move with Derek is do I take the blueprint of success from new England and bring it down to Tennessee? Unfortunately, that might be uncomfortable for a lot of people in Nashville, considering the fact that you got a player right now who's the reigning reigning rushing champion yep. in the national football league. So right now, this is what people die, especially in the South. This is what we love down here. We love that big pounding bruising guy. That's not too far from Uly, Florida, went to the University of Alabama. Again, this is SEC territory. But again, you take the New England blueprint where you got guys like Rex Burkhead, James White, 
you know, Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle was banged up last year. But again, you plug these guys in and what happens? They just, they, the only thing they do is they just win. And that's what you're trying to create down here at Tennessee. Ultimately, that's, that's what it's about. It's about winning. It's not necessarily saying that I'm going to do like L.A. and I'm going to go and pour the book, all this money at Aaron Donald and Jeff Goff. And then all of a sudden I think, you know, boy, now we're on the cuffs of doing something great. And then what happens? We collapse the following year. We see that all the time. And that's what you don't want. I don't want to throw everything at just a couple of players because I got another 50, you know, 50 some guys that I have to think about getting paid. Those guys, again, they want to get paid as well. Not necessarily saying they want the $10 million a year, but they want something to not only help their future, but help their families as well. So that's what you don't want to compromise here. That's why there's a draft. That's why a lot of what really hinges on Derek getting paid might be Darrington Evans. Mm -hmm. The question is, is what will he bring to the table in 2020? Because if Darrington goes off next year, then you, you might say, if you're John Robinson, you know what? Maybe I can go in the draft or maybe I can go in free agency next year and get somebody to back up Darrington. And maybe now Darrington is the man. That can happen as well. I've seen that time and time again. You got to take that in consideration to pay or not to pay, to franchise or not to franchise. That's why general managers is the toughest job in the National Football League because that's a call that you have to make. So if I'm John Robinson, the reason that I know I'm sitting here at this GM position is because I come from a place that has the formula for success, and that's winning. And that's what they, they brought him here for is to win. That what, that's what it boils down. It's not about do I pay this guy $20 million a year and we're losing. We see that in New York with the Jets. Yeah, you brought in Le'Veon Bell and what happened? Yeah, I mean, nothing, like the team is just not good. Exactly. That they had Le'Veon the money to go money. pay him. Yeah, they had the money to go pay him, but you knew they weren't going to win. And you yeah, knew early on they weren't going to win. The risk. The grass is not always, I'm sure if you Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell right now. Listen, Le'Veon Bell was having a Hall of Fame career at Pittsburgh. He was the man in the league. I, I love Todd Gurley. Don't get me wrong, but you're talking about a do-it-all back. You know, Le'Veon reminded me of Roger Craig. Remember Roger Craig used to play for the 49ers back in the early 80s? Roger Craig was so valued in that offense. It wasn't Jerry Rice. It was Roger Craig. How many running backs you know, at least in that time, rushed for over 1,000 yards and had 1,000 yards receiving? Do you think Montana said well, you don't think Joe Montana lobbied for Roger Craig when it came time for it for free agency? Man, that's what that's a quarterback. That's his dream is to have a back that can do it all. And that's what and that's what Ben Roethlisberger. You you don't think when he had uh, Le'Veon Bell, he would say, "Man, when I get in trouble, you know what? I can go right to twenty six. And I'm sure Le'Veon is sitting back right now saying, "Yeah, I got my money, but oh man, I'm paying for this because that's what he's doing. He's paying for it right now." <laughs> Our, we we've talked about it. Ultimately, the goal for every NFL team out there is to win the Super Bowl every year. Yeah. I found I found the graph I was looking for. Marcus Mosher. This goes back to 2009, and it takes the Super Bowl winning team and their leading rusher and their base salary since 2009. I was wrong on Legarrette Blunt making three million. What I remember about Legarrette Blunt was he's on this list three times. Do you want to take a guess at? Since 2009, the 2009-2010 season, the team that won the Super Bowl, who had the highest base salary 
of the leading rushers on any of the last 10 Super Bowl teams? Who had the highest base salary since 2009? It's not the Patriots. It's not. Actually, this might be the last 11 seasons, but still. Yeah, okay. yeah last 11. It's not even a running back. It's yeah, Percy. It's Percy Harvin. Oh wow! Wide receiver. He in 2013-2014 he was the leading rusher for the Super Bowl winners, and he had 2.5 million in base salary. That's the highest. And we're talking about a receiver who they just would try to get the ball to the right. If I go back, back, yeah. Only this past year with Damian Williams, who had a base salary of 1.05 million. The Chiefs were only one of four teams since 2009 to pay their starting back over $1 million in base salary. So only four of the last 11 leading rushers for a Super Bowl team had a base salary of more than $1 million. So what is that telling you? It's very easy. That's very easy math. The only thing you need, basically, is it's almost like the Denver Broncos mentality. Yeah. I can plug anybody in that backfield. No disrespect. Any guy that puts a uniform on in the National Football League can play. We've seen that. If a guy by the name of Terrell Davis can go what in the last what sixth or seventh round out of the University of Georgia, comes out of nowhere, now he's in the Hall of Fame. That was the mentality at Denver. You know, what do they do? Terrell goes down, no disrespect. I love Terrell, I love TD. They plug in Orlando's Gary. He wasn't getting paid a lot of money out of the University of Georgia. Orlando's goes down, who do they plug in? Mike Anderson, what does he do? Once for over a thousand yards. Mike goes down, what happens? They draft a guy in the second round from the University of Miami named Clinton Portis. What does he do? He comes in and rewrites the record, the, the rookie record for the record books. I mean, he had a, a, a rookie season that basically is just, you, you can't even, it, it's, it's hard to explain what he did that first year, his first year in 2001. I mean, oh, yeah, it was 2001, he first came in out of, out of the U. But then what happens with him? He leaves, he wants more money, so they ship him off to Washington. So they bring in a guy by the name of Ruben Drones. Out of the University of Oregon, who was a special team player and a guy that bounced around, then all of a sudden he's a star. Do you not see there's a trend at certain positions where teams are saying, you know what, maybe I don't have to pay a guy and break the bank, but yet I can still get more value on the overall picture of the team. And that's really, that's really what your job is as a GM. Yep, because as fans, our hearts want us to pay the guy we've seen that has helped get us over the hump and be such an impactful player over the years. But the logic is telling you, don't break the bank. Don't break the bank. Break it on me, but don't break it on me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm Khalil Mack. If I'm Aaron Donald, if I'm Jadavion Clowney, when you have leverage, you have to use it. Unfortunately, because you're going to run out of leverage at some point. That's why the NFL stands for not for long. Mm -hmm. And guys know that when I have a chance, it's not that I'm, I'm going to keep the cup. I mean, the... Uh, my cuffs on an organization so I can get paid. So I'm going to hold out. Yeah. But when you have leverage of any sort, you got to use it because the value of players, basically, as you play each season, it actually goes down. I hate to say that. It's true. Now, if you can be, productive, I mean, look at Richard Sherman, great, I mean, great corner, but you know what? Seattle said, listen, we got to go another direction. We saw that with the Legion of Boom, Earl Thomas, last year before, last year when he broke his leg. Wanted a contract extension with uh, Seattle. They waited and waited. He broke his leg, gave him the finger on national television because he didn't get his contract extension. Now he's in Baltimore. That's the way it works. You could also argue he's a leading fullback for the Tennessee Titans. 
Yes, but you know what? This is the way it happens. I know people want to see their favorite players get paid, and they want to see those guys in uniforms. When the Tennessee Titans fans, when they come to that stadium, they want to see number 22. That's what you want to see. You want to see your stars, and you want to see them there for a long period of time. Unfortunately, the way this game, this is not college. You're not going to have a guy for four years and he's going to be gone. And then that's bringing another crop of guys. That's not the way it works. It's kind of the same thing almost. It's just that in college, you have a thing called recruiting. and the pros, we have a thing called the draft. And it just, only thing it does is it just circulates over and over again. You know, listen, you got him for another year. You can franchise tag him next year if you want. But then if he puts together a productive season, I'm telling you right now, they're going to find some way to keep the big man here uh, for a long time to come, or at least, at least until he's not producing. That's just the way it works in this game. It'll be interesting to obviously see what the Titans do at the running back position after this year. It's one of those things. I mean, there are a lot of moving factors. Uh, the, the last thing I did want to say, I, I get frustrated because, Denard, you and I, we've looked at the number, we've talked about it, and people are just like, man, the Titans paid Ryan Tannehill, but they're not going to pay Derrick Henry. So they're they're essentially pay, paying Ryan $118 million to hand the ball off. And I'm like, guys, by the end of next year, Tannehill's probably going to be somewhere between the 12th and 15th highest paid quarterback. That's where I would rate him. I'd rate him between 10 and 15th if you're, if you're going off of – now, obviously, that was more of one year to kind of base that off of, and he had a really good season last year. And so John Robinson is kind of predicting, all right, well, he's probably going to drop back some, but I still expect him to be in that 10 to 15 range as far as best quarterbacks in the league. So he's like, you know what? I got to go ahead and I got to pull the trigger there. And we, we've looked at that contract. It's – it's really only about like I mean there's about sixty million guaranteed somewhere somewhere 62. in there. It's just it's one of those things where it's like I, I get it. People are like, yeah, pay Derrick Henry, but again, as we've talked time and time again, we've broke it down today and we've looked over trends for the last really two decades. If, if when we're talking about TD in Denver, you just can't break the bank on a running back and expect to win at a high level in the NFL. You can't. That simple. Yeah, do, do, what, do what they did in uh, Minnesota, you know, when they signed Kirk Cousins to that three-year deal worth over $80 million. You know, that's a long-term contract in the NFL, you know, a three-year deal. But they gave him three years, and now you got Davin Cook. So what are you saying now? Listen, I locked my quarterback up, so I, I know I got Cousins for at least one more season. So, again, do you pay him? I mean, he's already had, what, one ACL surgery? You know, so you got to take that in consideration, even though I do. I love Dalvin Cook. I think every time he touches his ball, I'm just in amazement. But again, there's just some positions uh, in the NFL. You just you sit back and say, that's just not the position where guys typically get paid in full. The quarterback position. Yes. The left tackle position. Yes. The defensive end position. Yes. Unfortunately, the running back position. No. You got to fight for every little dollar that you can get. So I would tell fans right now to be patient. Be patient right now with what John Robinson is doing. He's working on something to keep the big man here for a long yep. time to come. But unfortunately, a long time in the NFL, basically for a running back, by the time they're 29 years old, that's usually mean the life expectancy of a running back is out of the door. I hate mm -hmm. to say that, but it is. I mean, it, it really is. It, it just, that's, you don't see too many 30 year old running backs other than Adrian Peterson, but he had to take less money to go to Washington. And, and he's really the backup because they're like a, a Derek, uh, was it uh, Derek? Darius Geis. Geis, the guy to LSU. He's really the man. That's the guy that they want right now to come in and be their starter. So he's, he's got to be, 
he's got to get over that injury bug. But that's what that's why you 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 get a, a veteran like a Adrian Peterson, you get him at a lesser cost because he can still add value to your team. So that's 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 why I always tell people all the time, there's just certain position, it's just you're not gonna get paid. If you do get paid like Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, you gotta do it when you're young. You gotta and, get it while yep. you're ahead. And uh, I do want to say on on the Zeke and Christian McCaffrey front. They are a lot more active in the passing game than Derek is. Outside of a few screen plays, Derek has not been much of an impact in the passing game, and that is definitely something that GMs look at. Because I mean, Alvin Kamara, when you look at it, like I think he's the first player. Like he he's gonna get he's gonna get paid a good amount of money after this season. He's the first player in NFL history to record over two thousand rushing yards, two thousand receiving yards, and three Pro Bowl selections within his first three years. No other player in the NFL has done that. Right, and now when you look at the three highest paid players at that position, again, you just addressed it. Christian McCaffrey, what is he great at? Yes, he's a great running back, but what is in the passing game? They'll play him at slot. Play him at slot. Again, Ezekiel Elliott. Again, what is he great at? The passing game. You know, you can put line him up at different positions. You know, he's he's got that quickness. He's elusive. But you talk about Le'Veon Bell. That's why they're paying about $13.1 million a year is the fact that Le'Veon is so great in the passing game. Again, the more you can do, it adds value. And that's something that probably is they're addressing right now is, is that's why they went out and got Darrington Evans, you know, because they really want to uh, bring that, that, that back in, a third down back. But when you got a back that can play every down, like a Christian McCaffrey, he never comes off the field. Yeah, he deserves that $16 million a year because you don't know what you're going to, you, you know what you're going to get out of him again. The more you can do, the better. And that's probably something Tennessee will address, especially when it comes, you know, with this contract. Well, if anything does happen between now and the next 24 hours, we'll definitely keep you posted. Denard, if they do come to a long-term deal with Derek between now and tomorrow, are you good to hop on tomorrow and we'll, we'll fire up Absolutely. a special special episode? Okay, well, we'll do that for you all, and we'll have a lot more content to continue to come out. So just stick with us. But that is going to wrap it up for today's show. For Denard Walker. I am Davey Hudson. We appreciate you joining us. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.